if you'll go with to Barb, if we could start in John chapter 1, about 10 verses, and then I think we'll go from there. I feel like we have almost a prophetic moment of time. What I keep hearing about this season of Christmas, it's the fullness of Christmas. And uh, how many are ready for Christmas? I, I don't mean like you got your gifts bought and your house is decorated and your cards are sent. That's not... And that's not me, for sure. We had our, watching our middle granddaughter this weekend, so we, we got to put up the Christmas tree with her, but that's as far as we got. But she's fun. No, I'm talking about the, the Christmas God gave. The one he gave before the foundation of the world. The one that continues to expand at the fullness of light and salvation. The, the fullness of the Lord. That's the Christmas that we're here in. And we can step into it, and it's not anything required of, of achievement. It's just reception. It's, if anything, it's learning to go, Lord, I, I'm seeing more than I saw before, so I'm now receiving more than I saw before. I'm hearing more than I heard before, and I'm going to receive even more than I've ever heard. I'm hearing. I'm hearing. I'm receiving. See, Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but it really is just, that's the middle point of the whole story. It began before the foundation of the world when the lamb was slain for our sins, before time began. And it is fulfilled in our maturity as the bride into the new Jerusalem, into the whole glorification of the church in Christ. And all of it is accessible. We, we died with Christ when we weren't even born yet. We were made alive with Christ when we had not yet been born because when he was made alive at a point of time, it went backwards. It went immediate at that moment and it went forward to all who would be born. And his resurrection was the same and his ascension is the same. And there's just, so what I'm hearing and I'm, uh, is this fullness. Lord just keeps calling me in my prayer, Lord, I receive the fullness of grace, and I feel the abundance of your peace, and I'm taking, drinking the abundance of your joy, and I'm just, I'm just experiencing the Lord, and I know that's what he wants for all of us today, just to be able to step into the gifts, to receive whatever, healing, deliverance, freedom, because it's all ours in Christ right now every day. So John was the one of the closest to Jesus. He was the disciple whom Jesus loved. He was the first one who got a hold of that truth. And, um, but he wrote his gospel probably maybe, a, maybe as late as 70 years after the resurrection. So he's got a different understanding. He's not reading the events. He's talking about the move of God in the heart. So he begins by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that's the Logos, that beautiful book you carry or in your phone have, the Logos, the entirety of the Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the Logos. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him. Nothing 
was made that was made. So everything that is now going forward in the physical, natural world that was made began with him, and nothing has is not within his scope and care and his ability and his authority. He frames and holds all things and collects them together. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend or better overcome it. So this light is emanating in Christ, and this light was in the word and bringing freedom. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that through him might believe, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. So this light that began when God said, let there be light, when the earth came forth and light came, that's the same light that Jesus became the little baby and born into the place in the womb of Mary. He was in the world. Now we're talking about his earth journey, his walk through the earth. And the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. So creation couldn't recognize the creator. That he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. And Israel would not recognize their Messiah and receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. How many have received Jesus as Lord and Savior? then you have been given the right to become, to enter in fully of sonship, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Uh, as parents, as people who follow after God, as Israel itself was, there was this sense, and we always hope for, that, well, because you're my kid, you're out of my blood, you're going to be born into this same faith that I'm in. And if you won't be born just because you were born in my house, then, then I'm going to make sure with the effort of my flesh that you will be born again and come into this faith. And if that won't happen, then I'll just exercise my will. It's kind of a progression. The little baby innocent in your arms just going, oh, wow, this is incredible. It's come into your life. I can see, I can see God in you before you've made choices against him. Now we start training you. After we're training, now about the time you hit high school, college, now we're trying to will you into the kingdom. But you don't, people aren't born of the flesh. They're not born of blood. And they're not born of the will of man, but of God, if they re receive this glorious Messiah. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This was a phenomenon. God the Son had emptied himself of all of his privilege and glory and position. And by the Father's words and the Spirit of God upon Mary, he was placed inside the womb with one little cell, and he began to multiply flesh and blood, carrying the essence of God, but none of the privilege. He emptied himself, became a servant, became a, took on the form of a man, 
And we beheld this glory that God doing this. He could get that small as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, those of you who've been around, you know that that isn't who he is anymore. He isn't the Jesus that was born out of Mary because he's been raised from the dead, a new creation. And the beautiful thing is no longer the only begotten Son of God. He is now the firstborn among many brethren. So that, yeah. So that means something's happened to us that we may or may not yet know, but it already did because we are now part of a family that is initiated upon the new birth. When Jesus was born again upon the cross, called out of the abyss, you are my son today, I've begotten you, which became the foundation of the whole New Testament teaching. You go through the whole book of Acts and throughout the epistles, this was the foundation. This was the calling forth out of the abyss. Now, then he's raised from the dead. Then he's seated at the head in heavenly places, and we're all there with him. Something has happened. We've got to follow the We've got to follow the man, this man, a new creation, a life-giving spirit, the, the mediator. He's God, he's man, the mediator, Christ, the man seated at the right hand of God, full of grace, full of truth. And oh, grace is the beautiful, most beautiful part of redemption that we were given because it was how God designed all of us to live in the creation, was to always be cared for by some, a source beyond ourself, that whatever would happen would be the grace of God enabling us to happen. He made us naked. We're the only mammal that does not clothe itself from its internal organs. We don't grow hair except for a few places, and some of us have less than hair than we started with. But it's certainly not enough to keep us warm. We don't have fur. We're just, because God, when he designed us, he said, I don't want you self-sufficient as any, all creation cannot be. Every, he, would, he pulls back his breath, any, anim, any animal dies. It's just he sustains all creation. But he wanted us to be like him. So he made us in his image to cover us with his glory. And we were covered with his glory until, until sin was found. And we, we said, I think I'm going to be smart. And by being smart, I'll be like God. Not knowing how dumb that was to trade God's, self, God's care for me to self-care for myself. But we did, and nakedness was seen, and the clothing began. And, but today, Jesus, we're, we're, now we're at the riches of his grace, the riches of the glory of his grace. Tell me, can you, do you think you've touched the glory of his grace yet? I don't think so. But I think we're going to, because this is fullness of Christmas, Christmas fullness. John bore witness of him and cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he comes after me. Who comes after me is preferred before me for he was before me. And of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. All the fullness that was with God at the foundation, all the glory that Jesus had in the Father, not Jesus the man, but the God the Son before he became a man and was named Jesus by the angel to Mary and to Joseph. This God the Son, 
all that fullness and in the resurrection, now the ascension, and now all of that that he holds, this whole covenant God the Father has with, with Jesus, with the, with the Son of God, and now we in, in the Son of God are accessing all of that fullness we've received. We've received. You see, so much for me anymore is to receive. I spend most of my day just practicing receiving pondering what I'm reading, the scriptures, and allowing them to be to, to describe who I am in Christ, and more importantly, who Christ is in God. Because when I understand who he is with the Father, then I can step in and receive what he is. And it says, we've received this, and grace for grace. Those of you who are Bible, you know, you, you love your Bible, and you've seen these from, you know, faith to faith, and from strength to strength. But this is not grace to grace. This is grace for grace. And the imagery of the word is that the season, we're meant to live by grace every day, new grace. The grace of yesterday isn't the grace for today. And it's almost an exchanging process. It's not adding to. It's like the grace was here for today. And now there's grace for tomorrow. Or the grace of yesterday is over. Now I receive the grace today. And it's abounding. It's abounding. It's abundant grace. It's abounding in all grace that we can have all sufficient. It's unlimited because everything that is our, that we need is by the grace of God. Salvation, healing, deliverance, redemption. By grace, through faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. Just, and it's all in Christ. But it all comes to us through grace. And grace comes by faith or through faith. Salvation comes by grace, and then grace comes through faith. So the faith, we hear these. All you have to do is, and that's not like, I, I really believe it. It's just, I accept it. I, I receive it. And that's why today was so prophetic when Diane is charging us to go way up. Wake up. Knock this stuff off. Rise up. Pray for somebody. See, the longer we live, the either we have the decision to decide that the earth that I live in is the reality that I'm going to submit to, or I live in the place of heaven where I live in is the place I'm going to live from. And so I will step out again and again like a child. For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So the law came to, to reveal sin in us. Whether we thought we were sinners or not, we found out as soon as we tried to be righteous that we are not. If we're honest, after a while, we, we realize it. But, but with Jesus came grace and truth. And the grace is, is, is just the sufficiency, the help, the, 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 the desire of God. I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll ponder the abundance of grace. And I'll just start saying, I want the abundance of grace. I want the abundance abundance of joy. I want the abundance of peace. And you, it's substance. It's God's caring for us, his healing over us. It's his life being given to me. And I'm just pulling on it. I'm just receiving it. And I'm just accepting it. And Paul said, it, I, I was the worst of everybody, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. But it wasn't, it's not, I even labored more than everyone else, but it wasn't me laboring. It was all grace. Paul went to God and said one time, because he was in such a high revelation in heaven and now being 
battered by a, a spirit to keep him down. He said, God, you've got to remove this. And God said, nope, I, my grace is sufficient. I'm going to do something in you with your weakness by coupling my grace over you. And, and you see, we're, we're just right, so many right now, we're so primed. You don't know. You're, you're tired. You're old. You, you wish you couldn't have to work so hard. And you have no idea this is the time God's been preparing you for the outcome of his outpouring of his spirit. It's like Abraham. The grace, is, the, grace, the grace looks for weakness. In fact, literally, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 says he, he, that his power camps on our weakness. So where we're weak, where we're tired, where we're un, uninspired, where we're cynical, critical, we can forgive, we can let go, we can release, and just say, I'm here to receive the abundance of grace for this appointed time for my life in you, Jesus. And I receive the abundance of healing that is mine so that my body will keep going long for the whole duration of my earth assignment. And you just, we just start pulling, pulling and receiving. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. That's a word of just trying to bring out to Israel as he ministered to the lost sheep of Israel. Now by the Holy Spirit as he ministers to the living church and to calling us. It's like, here's who God is and here's who I, I, and, and I'm, I know him because I'm from him. I'm not speaking from what I don't know. I came from him. Now, let, let me jump to chapter 3, because this, this is something that's really just, uh, I'm being challenged more than ever by the Lord to accept truth that if I look around, I can't validate it. I can't prove it by myself. But God says, I never asked you to prove what I said. I just asked you to receive what I said. So I'm practicing the receiving of this. And this is chapter 3, John chapter 3, verse 1. This, Jesus is now actively in ministry. Miracles are flowing. Uh, his disciples are growing. The, the word, he's popular. He's everywhere. And Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee, one, a, a really sweet-hearted, sincere man, uh, in John chapter 7, he defends Jesus to the Sanhedrin when they're trying to say we should just have arrested him. And then at, at his death, he goes along with um, uh, and helps in the burial. So this is a sincere man, and he comes. He says, there was a man, a Pharisee of name Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night, wasn't like and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God. No one can do the things, these signs you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, learning to let Jesus speak to me the way he wants to talk to me, not the way I'm demanding him talk. He does not talk in lines, more like circles. And he talks out of eternity. And he talks out of the spirit. And he talks from heaven. So when he speaks, when I'm starting to move in a direction, he starts moving me into that encounter, but it's not usually the way my lineal thinking was ready for. So he says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I want to take a word. I want to take the again word, and I want to just pull it out of the scripture because it's a wrong word. 
it's, and you'll go to your concordance and you can, you'll find this out. It, it literally means, unless one is born above. We're born on the earth. We have to be born above. We have to have a, an encounter. We have to be born from the heavenly realm of the spirit as we were born through our mother's womb, you know, conceived in our mother's womb and born into the earth. When we were born the first time, it's all flesh and blood, right? Yes. Right. What, you know, besides the child, there's a placenta, flesh and blood. It's supporting this first Adam. So I, you can't see the kingdom. You cannot see the kingdom of God. So now Nicodemus, who's a spiritual man, goes natural in his thinking and carnal thinking linear. And he says, well, how can a man be born again when he is old? Uh, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, so you see, he is trying to take a spiritual truth that's being given to him through the Lord and trying to put it into a physical equation, a natural equation. And any of us would realize that. You cannot. It's impossible for a grown man to go back inside his mother's womb and be born a second time. So the source of your second birth is not your mother's womb. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water, that's the word of God, and the spirit, that's, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we now understand what was born again the second time. What was born from above. It was our spirit. We came alive. We came united. We became one spirit with Jesus Christ. One spirit. And we were brought forth. Do not marvel that I say you must be born from above. You must have an above birth experience. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but no, you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone is born of the Spirit, right? You know, we've had some windy days. We've, you know, you can feel the effects of it, but you don't know where its point of origin is, and you don't know where it's going to lay down. So is those who are born of the Spirit. Now we're beginning to understand. That's why I want the fullness of Christmas this year. I want to receive Christmas fully right now. Is that it's going to come through, not through the soul gate of my thinking and, and rationale and my requirements. It's going to come through the spirit. And it's going to come from places I don't understand fully the origin nor fully the effect. But I'm going to learn to, to move with him. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Is this is a sincere, ardent believer looking for the Messiah. When, when, when Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? So we are... Uh, this is such an insider moment to hear this, this conversation be recorded by John. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, one. 
we speak, what we know. And when we join into faith in Christ, we are a part of the we. We're not independent. We're not multiple little bodies of the church and little congregations, and some are bad people and some are good. We're all one body, one spirit, one faith, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one baptism. And, and, and so we know. We, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. That's why the power of the Holy Spirit is to witness the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when the Spirit of God is empowering us, we can speak clearly the resurrection so that we can receive this resurrected Lord. If I have told you, Jesus' heart, he's a heart of the Father's heart to his covenant people and the closest covenant person that is a part of the Pharisees, he's saying, if I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, well, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Do you see the, the, the dilemma that the Lord was facing this? I want to bring you into the new birth, to the birth above, and I want you to be able to see these things. I want you to enter into these things, but they're not of the earth. They're not of the flesh. They're of the spirit. How will you believe I tell you these heavenly things? No one is ascended. Now, this is the challenging verse I'm about to un pass on if you'd like to pick it up. It's, it's, it's not anything new. We, we, it's all recorded in the epistles. But Jesus himself is saying something so profound because he's speaking as the only begotten Son of God who is yet to become the sacrifice for our sin, but yet he was slain at the foundation of the world. So in God's economy, time does not matter at to what point of time I'm believing I can, the fullness of salvation is available at that, at that moment I'm believing. Because he says, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. Who was that? Jesus, right? Is it Jesus? I mean, who, who else? Who came down from heaven? Put into the virgin. Jesus. So no one has ascended to heaven except he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is. No, that is just, just we're just reading. That is the Son of Man who is in where? He's in heaven. I thought he was on earth. Of course he's on earth. He's been born of a virgin. He's got a flesh and, flesh and body, blood body. He's got a soul like you and I have one. It's in his blood. He's a, he's a submitted man to the Father. He's come into truth through the scripture. He's submitted to the words of God. The word of God became flesh, submitted now to the word of God. But that's not his point of from which he operates from, which he recognizes things, to which he originates out of. He is still and growing from the truth that he is in heaven because he's the son of God, made son of man, and he is, he, he descended, he's ascended, and he is in heaven. He is in heaven. Now, if the, this is the part, this is what's, to, this is what, I, I mean, it's, it, I have not yet found God say, hey, Steve, you're going too far. He said, I keep hearing him say, you're not going far enough. 
Does Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 say, if, you are risen, if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God? Does it? Does the next verse say, uh, uh, for you are dead and your life is now hid with Christ in God? And when Christ who appears, you will appear with him in glory? And, 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 and so this Colossians... Is ad, Paul is telling the Colossian church, hey, you are up in heaven. The Ephesians chapter 2 say, we were made alive together with him, co-jointly with him, and we were raised together with him from the dead, co-jointly raised together, and we were seated with him in heavenly places in Christ. Now, this is not fanciful music. I mean, you see, the reason I love Christmas is it has... It, it's the closest thing the church ever comes to exp uh, uh, getting. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to use the word because I don't have another word because we, we took all the good words and we just destroyed them. I would like to say supernatural. But it's magical. We watch all these movies, hearts that change, circumstances that are terrible, and they come alive. We have an anticipation of something. And, and thank God, at least people are trying to make Christmas magical. That there's a power of change. And yet we, the believers, can get like the Pharisees that we don't go, oh, of course. It's just what it is. It's, no, it's, it's so, there's so much. And you see, you could be 90 years old and you're about to ready to take it, step in. There's just no limitation on this. So this Jesus said, how if I can't, I can't talk to you about earthly things, how am I going to talk to you from heavenly things? Nobody's ever been up to heaven, but I came from heaven. But I'm also living in heaven. That's why I don't do anything that I see my, I don't, I don't do things by I see what man's doing. I don't try to please man. I'm here in fellowship, in union, in relationship with my father. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we are. Why are we healed? Because Jesus was healed. Why are we saved? Because Jesus was saved. Why are we delivered? Because Jesus was saved. Because when Jesus became sin, he needed to be saved. So when sin was paid for, God the Father looked upon this, 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 uh, this cursed spirit and said, I'm calling you son. Come out of the abyss. You're my son. Today I've be become your father. And no longer the firstborn, now he's the, not, no longer the only begotten, now he's the firstborn. Life-giving creature, a life-giving spirit. No longer a living soul. That was the last Adam. Now he's a life-giving spirit. Ooh. And he breathes. Father, I commit my spirit to you. And he dies. And then he's raised from the dead. The first, he's first in everything. He's the first in everything. He's not the second for anything. He's the first. And then he's ascended. And now he's seated. And now he's Melchizedek. He's a high priest. Now he's Savior. Now he's been appointed Lord. Now he's been called the Christ. Now he's the Messiah. And now he gives the gift of the Holy Spirit from the Father. And he pours him out upon the church. And 120 go to 3,120 in one afternoon. Because he is seated at the right hand of God. That's where we are. So the, 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 the practice is I don't want to be Nicodemus. 
I want to be Jesus, not Jesus apart from Jesus. I want to be thinking like Jesus was thinking, not like Nicodemus was thinking. I want, I want to be able to go, okay, well, I'll give you some examples and we'll close. Everything in the Bible is, is truth, and everything in the Bible is complete and fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Every promise ever made has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Yes and amen. And though it has yet to some of them yet to appear in the, on the planet and timeline, they're all completed in Christ. So I am here to receive the abundance of grace. I want to re- I'm here to receive the abundance of grace in my fellowship with you today in heavenly places. I'm here to receive the kingdom of God. Let's start with the simplest, which most profound. I'm here to receive as a fellow pilgrim, sojourner, passing through time on the planet with purpose, the kingdom of God, so that I'm under the jurisdiction of the king. Now that I'm inside the kingdom and the king is my Messiah, my Lord, I'm here to receive the full jurisdiction, atmosphere, attitude, ability. Kingdom of God is Romans 14, 17, not food and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I do this to myself as often as I need to, and I, it has not yet grown that I have not, I've reached the limit of it. I receive the kingdom of God in Christ, my King, by the Spirit of God, through the Spirit of God, and therefore I now receive righteousness. And a long time ago, Papa said to me, he said, what, do you, what is righteousness? Give me some words for righteousness, Steve. I don't know what you think righteousness means. He said, I want some emotional words. Give me, let me help you with some emotions. Because if it doesn't hit your emotions, sooner or later, you'll, your emotions will take you out of the, of, the, of the game. I said, well, what does it feel like? He says, righteousness feels like everything's all right. Everything's right. It's right. So, you know those moments you feel like everything's right in your life? You're going, oh, this is, yeah. Those are beautiful moments until they're disrupted. And then we scramble to try to get them back to right. But that's control and that's fear. But everything was made righteous. Everything was made that we are made accepted in the beloved, that we are made righteous, that we have been redeemed, that we've been washed with. So righteousness, but it's not just that. Because righteousness can get really uptight if you try to only hold a place of being righteous. Peace. Peace is safety, security. Peace is prosperity. It's wholeness. It's abundance. It's fatness. And it's the very thing that Jesus accomplished, that God accomplished in the Son. Jesus submitted himself to the Father to become the offering of sin and believed in the Father's ability to pull him out of the dead, out of death. And now that that's occurred, he came to announce to us, Peace! First words of Jesus to his disciples. Peace! 
It's all right. Everything's made perfect. It's all restored. Everything's okay. There is no more sin that you have to be concerned about because I've annihilated it. It is removed. There is no sickness that can rule over your body. I destroyed it. And my Father raised me up. I'm hell. Peace! And it can go deep inside. It can go backwards to 20 years ago when Oh, I wish I would have. I only had not done what I did that caused such a consequence, a series of reactions, that now I, I regret that moment 20 years ago every day, and I wish I could go back if I could only go back. Yay! Guess what? Jesus did go back. He went right there, and he goes, I conquer that point of origin of sin. I remit it. Remittance means to, to go and rub the anointing at the point of origin and remove its beginnings, its present and past and future. Whoa. You see, I have to practice this. Because I'm 65. I've got 65. I've got, and I'm 47 years almost in the Lord. I have 47 years of regrets. The first 19 didn't count, man. They were just... You know, just getting my chops. Just practicing how far, how far can I sin. Just rebellious flesh. But it's not that. That was just quick. Oh, hallelujah, I'm free. But it's trying to be righteous that I got to repent over. And he's, ah. Oh. Every time I go, Lord, it doesn't matter. Because you see, fullness of, Christ, of salvation. Foundation, New Jerusalem. Foundation, New Jerusalem. Everything in between. It's all there. So I go, Okay. That moment, I don't have to regret because Jesus overcame that, conquered that, and turned it around into righteousness, and there's peace now. It's all made right. Nishlam. It's made perfect. It's forever. It's perfectedly. And then he goes on, he says, joy. 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 Cheer up. Righteousness is all right. Peace, you're safe. Joy. Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. And then you realize, you see, I'm no longer a flesh creature living from a soul interpretation of the circumstances of this life. I am now a spiritual, heavenly man living from the truth of what God has accomplished in his son, and I'm allowing the truth of who he, what he's accomplished in his son to influence who I am. So why would we not be the most cheerful we should probably be people that when, when this gets a hold of you, it's like you've got to put seatbelts on your seat because it's just too much. It's, 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 un, it's, 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 beyond, it's beyond anything. We have, we've not even touched it. You're liable to rapture. Like Enoch just, I'm going up, I'm going up, I'm coming up, I'm coming in, I'm going to see further. You see, he says, we're above. We're born above. We operate from above. We think from above. We have, we have uh, 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 to bring witness of what we see and hear above. Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Oh, beautiful, glorious Christmas. That God the Father said, I'm waking a creation that I know is going to cost me my life to redeem it, but it's worth it because I want the fullness of their experience to rise up into who I am. And it's, oh, let's go. It's, 
So cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. So I, I practice. I do this every day, throughout the day. Not because I'm, you know, a pathetic loser. I am. But I actually was pretty good in the flesh before. It's just when the Lord takes your flesh from you and says, no more, and we'll learn a new way. You have to figure out the new way after you've pouted long enough. Now I just go, oh, here I am. I'm inside Jesus Christ. He's seated at the right hand of God, so I'm seated with him. I'm looking around to see how God operates from this realm where he is and what he's accomplished. There's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no depression, there's no discouragement. All we are is the redeemed. Everyone in heaven are known as the redeemed. We're not known as we're out of every, ransomed out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation. We're just one new man. We're the redeemed. All sickness has been taken and carried away off of, on Jesus. All curses were put on Jesus until they were exhausted on the tree. And all the condemnation he paid for and his intercession is only enlarging for our vision to experience his beauty. Now, I go through bad stuff. I get challenged every day. My soul comes back alive and flees like a horse, a frightened animal, because I'll send, I'm back in that realm. But, but do I have to live here? No, I don't. Christmas is today. All of the victory, all of the triumph. And, and the, 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 so... There's a coming a new season that the body, the living body of Jesus individually will grow up into the head, each member, and drink from the life source of the head, the Christ, the Messiah. He is the head where there's body, where the, he fills everything. He's, we have access to the Father in one spirit. We're one new man. And there'll be not uh, a whole lines of people trying to help other people get to other things. That'll be happening because it'll be explosive, but it won't be through, uh, you're not able to get there yourself. There's coming an awakening. You just, just all it takes is a little time with your Bible and the Holy Spirit. You say, help me experience what I'm reading Help me experience what I'm just reading. Jesus, if you were, if you were on earth, but said you were in heaven, though you were clearly on earth for that 33 years, but you were in heaven functionally from truth and witness what you saw and heard in heaven, then I want to live like that. Show me how to live like that. Help me experience that. So I have to accept truths like you're seated at the Father and I'm seated with you. You're raised from the dead and I'm raised with you. You were made alive and I was made alive. And so if I'm made alive and raised and seated, then that means I'm in an entirely different realm of, of authority than I'm living on the planet limited by the circumstances that life has put on me. And, and I start to see that the... the you can't be depressed if your eyes are on the glorious one. He's been anointed more gladness than any person in the, in the universe. He is so full of joy, he can't stand himself. And so are we. We just... And he's so peace-filled. He's reconciled. He is mediator. He's Lord. And, and there I, so all I'm doing is receiving. Does that make sense? I mean, you can receive more. 
There's so much more, so much more. You can still get married. You can still have babies. You can still get, have, get, get a job. You can still have a home. You can still get rid of your home. It doesn't matter the life you're walking through. It's this life that we've been given. This is Christmas. This was started. From, so Jesus says that the last night before he's, right before he's arrested, he prays and says, Father, I want those you've given me to be where I am and to see the glory you gave me before the foundation of the world for you have loved me from that point. This is a man, this man, this man did not know that when he was laying in a manger. This little baby did not know he was the son of God as an infant any more than I knew who I was or you knew who you were. He was submitted into a path that he had said yes to, but now he has to recover, discover, and become a part of it. If he can, we can. And it's easier because all we have to do is agree with who Jesus has become, what God has accomplished in the Son, who I am in Christ. Because on the day of resurrection, we learn this, that God, Jesus is in God, the Father, and we are in Jesus, the Son, and he is in us. I'm never anything apart from Christ. I never can sustain anything. That was the failure of, of thinking I could do it. I don't, I don't even need to know how all this works. I just need to let it work. Does that make sense? In fact, let's just let it work right now. Would you? Would you I mean, would you be just... I've been laying hands on people every time I can to baptize people with more spirit, more Holy Spirit, more speaking in tongues because there's just something we need... It's just that what God wants to communicate right now is not going to work through the natural mind. Mm, let's stand together, please. Christmas is here. How many want your Christmas presents? How many want your Christmas? Imagine with me this thought. In this state of time, we've been walking through a life for a length of time. Our bodies are in certain conditions. Our minds are in certain conditions. Our homes are in certain conditions. But God has, through the Son, brought forth redemption to all through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. So here we are. We've been walking through life. We're limited. Bodies get tired. Minds get old. We kind of lose our edge. We don't have the the dreaming part that we once carried and the imagination kind of gets dull. But for today, for today, let's let God, our Father, through His Son, our Lord and Savior, communicate by the Spirit truth of who we are, where we are in Christ. And let who we are, where we are in Christ, decree over our circumstances of life. And tell or allow our circumstances of life to bow their knee and say, in Christ, I receive who I am and where I am. Mm -hmm. If you're healed because Christ healed, then you're healed saved because Christ was called forth out of the abyss and we are saved if 
you delivered and Christ was delivered, called forth from the curse, the condemnation, so are you. I am. I am in Christ. You picked me up. You turned me around. You've placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior because you heal my heart. You change my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. So if we'll just hold our hands up. We'll make a, a confession of hope, faith in our Lord Jesus concerning the kingdom of God. And let Holy Spirit carry his kingdom, communicate kingdom to us. Let's say together, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, my Redeemer. Jesus Thank you for the Holy Spirit that you poured out and the kingdom of God which you're the king of. I receive the kingdom of God righteousness. Now purposefully open the windows of gloom and doom of despair places that are dirt and murky and like pull the blinds and let the sun of righteousness shine let him communicate it's all right it's all right i made it right everything's right i placed you in a righteous position and let it flood every place that shame has kept us captive condemnation has imprisoned us fear has tormented us Oh, righteousness, shine. Let it come. Let it come. Let it come. Let him come. Let him come. No. Is righteousness still breaking forth, still dawning in our hearts? Still the morning star starting to rise and to be seen. We're just receiving. Now let's receive peace. Say together, I receive, we receive the peace of God. We have peace with God. Peace that passes understanding, that guards our hearts and our minds. In Christ Jesus, I receive abundant peace, abundant peace, abundant peace. Whoa, now let him come, let him come, let him come. Anxiety, oh, you can't live in the peace of God. Confusion, oh, peace, peace, peace. I receive, I receive, I receive.
Not by might nor by power. Spirit of God comes, mountains move. Spirit of God comes and righteousness, peace and joy settle in and settle themselves. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. You paid for it all. You paid for us all. Are you getting it? Are you taking it in? Are you receiving? There's no limitation. No. Last, let's do the joy. Oh, Lord, we receive your joy. We receive your joy. The joy you were given by God. By God, we receive your joy. The joy of the Lord. Now, we cheer up. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Christmas. Healing. Deliverance. Christmas. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now, I want to... I want to, it's late, I want to release everyone to go into the day. I want us to be able to sing and praise as we go into the day. So we'll sing you out of the church. You can stay as long as you like. But I really believe these truths, if Nicodemus couldn't get them, talking to Jesus face to face, but knew something was there enough that he would follow and with Jesus through his entire walk. This isn't a take receiving the presence, practicing. Receive your healing today. Receive your, your salvation today. Receive your deliverance today. Receive joy today. Receive peace today. Receive, 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 receive. Receive the, uh, the abundance. That's what your, that's our prayer assignment this week. That's why we're gonna join watches in this week. That's why we're gonna come into this place because one man submitted to Jesus Christ in totality, in a full agreement, would do greater works than Jesus Christ did because Jesus himself said he would make sure they happened. It's not that we're not born to that position. We're not accepting the truth of what we've been born into. We're born from above. And it's going to take intentionality, but it's got the Holy Spirit all over this. He says, I'm all over you. I've got something for you. I'm going to do it through you. And it's going to bring glory to my God, my Father. And Jesus paid for it. So you just get yourself engaged with me. Begin to see with me. Dream with me. Vision with me. Speak with me. Prophesy over with me. And let my word break forth all over your earth. All over your earth. All over your state. Lord, send us out and send us up. Further up. Further up and further into what you've accomplished. In Jesus' name, amen.